definition of stress is when your body moves out of balance. Human beings can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. And when you turn on that stress response, you can't turn it off. We say keep thinking positive things during the day, override some of those thoughts when those bills come in in your mind and they call you. You've got to override it. But the reason a lot of us don't is that chemical that comes when we stress it, and it, we want that. We crave for that. We don't even realize that that chemical is in our body. You can't work on your inside of self-esteem and mindset he said, we are thinking about putting out the fires that we have. And so if that's where your mind is, you first of all, you're getting that adrenaline rush. The chemicals of stress are highly addictive. I believe Rock bottom is life or death. Rock bottom is when you get to the point where you say, if I keep doing this, if I keep staying here, I'm going to die. And that ain't got nothing to do with just addiction. I would love to see a study. I don't know if this study exists. When you take a family, normal family, that's, you know, humble beginnings, normal, normalized family, and you say, you ask that family, who are the most successful people in your family? Who are the people that's doing the most? I will almost guarantee that it's probably like 70% of them live in an entirely different state than where they grew up in. Or at least at some time they formed, you know, they was forming this success, they live in an entirely different state than where they live. I just look at my family. Most successful people in my family, they don't live in Ohio no more. Period. Generation. Going back to grandparents, generation, the most successful people, they don't live here. Most people that had the most successful they should don't live in this state. Because you got to leave. So, so, so okay, why would you have to leave? What, what is you want to go back to that old, that old thing? Don't you want that old thing back? Everybody else ain't admitting it's a problem. Everybody else sitting there with grandma, auntie, snapping beans, um, cooking with lard, saying it's the white man. But see, we got information now. Before they was giving us chitlins and lard. Now we go and find the chitlins and paying thirty dollars for them, like they are delicate. Okay, so. We sitting there and blaming, oh, the health disparities. I watched them CNN a special. They caught them putting that dye in that meat. That's why I don't shop at that grocery store. And we sitting there believing that we slaves when you're not. But as long as you think you're a slave, you gonna get what what we just say about the the universal principle. If I sold to slavery, I'm gonna reap slavery. But it's like you said, it's a mind thing. They won't admit. The problem is everything they're doing. The problem is not the problem is not drugs. The problem ain't alcohol. The problem ain't the white man. The problem ain't your boss at your job. You the problem. And, uh, look, man, I was talking to people last night, and that is exactly what I said. I said, when I'm reading this, that's what it's telling you. If I'm the problem, I'm on the hook. If it's inside my brain, I'm on the hook. See, if it's my mama and my daddy, that's the reason I was, telling you, I was thinking about taking the trauma part out because trauma has become this generic, like, dog whistle thing for something different. This ain't what it's supposed to be. Because trauma now is I get off the hook for everything. Cause, oh, I ain't know my daddy. That's why I'm messed yeah. up. And my kids messed up because they ain't know their daddy, so we cool. 
you know, it's their fault. And they're going to give us some pills and a check, and we're going to be all right because we got trauma. No. No. That ain't what that was about. So, anyway, people want to let themselves off the hook. Like I said, everything's about responsibility. Whose fault is it? What do we always do? If you taste the best, somebody bring out a piece of cake. And they're like, damn, it's the best cake. Who made this? Who's responsible? Bring out some cake. You got a bone in it. Who's responsible? We always want responsibility. The ultimate responsibility is you on the hook. See, Grandma wants to say, well, baby, when we used to stay here 100 years ago, Grandma's still blaming everybody else. And you don't realize you get this victim mentality for Grandma. And then you got other types of grandmas. You got other types of grandmas too. Now I ain't gonna just dog, I ain't dogging grandma. You got right. some people that are saying, "My grandma told me I could do anything I wanted to in this world. It wasn't nobody that could stop me." And that's a different type of person. That person don't need as many mindset books. That's all I said about like little books. I needed as many books to get my stuff together. Everybody don't need to read as many books because you might not be as deficient in every area as I would. So you see these outliers. Like I would love to do that. Like like do like do a survey on ultra successful people and like where they grew up, where they moved to, and what's the one thing they remember about like their old folks, their aunties, their uncles, grandma. Like give me that one quote that stuck with you. Give me that one moment that meant the most to you. I want to share this story real quick. Like I said, I gotta go early today. About what she was talking about on how people need that feeling of whatever that the bad they, they normalize this bad feeling. Right. Um I knew a guy, he stuttered really bad. Like, like it was the type of stutter that you feel bad, his eyes are on the back of his head. And there's no way am I making fun of anybody that stutters right now. I'm just letting y'all see, paint the picture of how severe it was. He was a very severe stutter. So, but this was, he wasn't scared to talk, though. You know, some people stutter and they be scared. He wasn't scared to talk. He embraced it. It was an older guy that stuttered somewhat. Now, this is something we didn't know because he came, we talking. This is why I was way younger. So, anyway, he comes like, hey, y'all. Like, I hear you stutter. He said, you could fix that. He said, this is what you do. He said, go get, like, Time Magazine, Newsweek, uh, Wall Street Journal. Go get a newspaper that's got, like, real articles in it that's written at a, a certain level. He said, just slow down and literally just go through an article and read each word and start pronouncing it very slow. Said, pronounce it very slow and said, if you continuously do that, you'll stutter and slow down. I guess how I stopped mine, just like that. That dude said something that is still like one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. And I ain't saying powerful like it was good or bad. I don't know if it was good or bad. It just was what it was. It was just something to just think about. This man said, and he stuttered through it very painfully as we all waited on each word and tried to help him. If I didn't stutter, I wouldn't be, I'm going to call him Bobby. I'm stuttering Bobby. Everybody know me as stuttering Bobby. If I didn't stutter, I wouldn't be stuttering Bobby. And I stood there. I didn't know if I was listening to the wisest person I ever heard speak or the dumbest person, but it was powerful. But that's what you're talking about. Like, he get connected with this stutter and embraced it. Mm-hmm. And it's a positive. You know, like, like this is a superpower or something. And we all yeah. looking like, dude, we take us. 30 minutes to get three sentences out of you, man. You can fix this. What are you doing? I don't know. So, man, it's man, I don't know if that's like positive mindset because he, he wasn't no victim or nothing. You know, he was he was working with it and wasn't afraid to talk. That's why we're all so concerned because you want to say stuff and you're cool. You are too, but that would take you so long, man. But, so, I don't even know what to do with that. I'm not saying it's positive. I say it's negative, but he had a hell of a mindset. 
and he embraced that thing. But it was still one of the most powerful things I think is what you're talking about. Like, like mentioned, like he just was stuck. He wanted to hold on to that thing. That was him. He was cool with it. He was cool. With Man, it. look, it, it says here the definition of stress is when your body moves out of balance. Human beings can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. You turn up just by thought alone. You start thinking about things. Okay, bills are adding up. Rent is overdue. Problems at work. And as you think about these problems, you turn on the stress response just by thought alone. And when you turn on that stress response, you can't turn it off. You are heading for disease, which is dis-ease. I mean, you can just thinking about it. That's why, you know, you say, we say, Keep thinking positive things during the day. Override some of those thoughts when those bills come in in your mind and they call you. you got to override it. But the reason a lot of us don't is that chemical that, that comes when we stress it, and it, we want that. We crave for that. We don't even realize that that chemical is in our body. He says because those thoughts have put you in emergency mode. And no human being can live in emergency mode for an extended period of time and expect to function healthy. He has scientific facts says this. This blew me away. 70% of the time, people are living in stress. 70%. And when you live in stress, you can't create. So we ask you to, you know, make your list. We ask you to. You know, be creative about trying to find new people, you know. But you so stressed with bringing on those chemicals, you can't focus on the vision of the future. When you live in stress, it's not a time to go within to learn and focus on your inside and self-esteem. So when we be talking mindset, read your books. It's time to focus on the inside. We're trying to do this and do that. But your bills are, are sitting there in your face, piling up. Your situation with your family, you might be about to lose a job or whatever. It's no way possible that you can get into these books. It's no way possible that you can focus because you that that stress is running you crazy. Even though it's a feeling that you love to have, but you can't go within when you're stressed out. You can't. He says like you can't work on your inside of self esteem and mindset. He said, we are thinking about putting out the fires that we have. I got to pay this bill. The power company is due today. I got to pay the uh, car note tomorrow. I got to pay this the next day. And so if that's where your mind is, you first of all, you're getting that adrenaline rush, and you actually are doing those things. It's hard for you to say, you know, I'm a fo- now, now that was one of the things that I kind of I always say to you, Lou, that when you were in prison, you didn't have a lot of that stuff. Now, I know you saying that ain't the reason why, and I, I go with that. I go with that. You, you know, you're saying that eventually that would have been the same way outside. But I'm thinking when you're there, you're not, you're not stressing over the rent. You're not stressing over the car note. You're not stressing over what somebody, you're not doing any of those things. So yet now your mind can flow, and whatever you bring in, now you might be stressing over um, you know, fights in there and somebody saying something to you, but I think you said that was not that kind of prison. So when we got people out here that just got so many issues, 
it's hard for them to they'll say, Well, I read that book, but did you really read it? Were you stressed out? He said, We're talking a catch twenty two. When you living in stress and all the attention is on the outer world, it's on the outer world, all the attention is on the outer world, not the inner world, because you are feeling in danger. So people stop creating, stop focusing on the future, or never start because they are focusing on the outside stuff. The chemicals of stress are highly addictive. That's fear, anger, insecurity, shame, hostility, violence, uh, anxiety again, shame. And people use these problems to reaffirm their addictions to these emotions they need. See, I, I need that that feeling and emotion. I need to be complaining about some. I need to be talking about some. And this is why it's so hard to change. It's so hard to change because it's a scientific fact that the long-term effect of the hormones of stress push the genetic buttons and create dis-ease, which is disease. And what's crazy is you you can turn off, you can turn on stress just by thought alone, which means that if you change your thoughts, you can, I mean, you can make yourself sick or you can make yourself healthy. All you have to do is get, you know, a high like a hit that's driving you one particular way. But your thoughts also can make you well if you look at it. But weakness cannot exist in the power-evolving universe. So if you're weak, you're going to get run over. And the last thing it says, they who don't have a central purpose. You don't have a goal. You don't have a dream. You don't have a focus. You just, I'm just trying this out. I'm just trying this out. You are an easy prey to worry, fears, and troubles, and self-pity, all which are indications of weakness, which leads to failure, unhappiness, and loss. Man, I just said a lot. And I know you got the gold loose, so give me your, your final if you're not already gone. What you say, like, if the people that's, that's listening, whoever listening, would slow down and try to, like, understand everything that you're reading and really, like, go watch some Joe Dispenser, read some Joe Dispenser, because he's, like, giving you a cheat code. Because if you understand how your brain works, when you start understanding how your brain works, you can start taking control of your thoughts and your processing and, you know, the the actions that you do. And that's what you're giving them. You're giving us these tools to use that can that's a game changer. Like these are the these are interesting. Like these are the hidden secrets. This is this is the hidden secret. Like this is the stuff like all successful people think this. Guaranteed. This I guarantee you the consensus. I don't care who you're talking to. Whatever you think success is, if you talk to them, they using this type of stuff. No right. matter who it is. Because this is the only way it works. This is one of those universal problems. This is the only way this thing works. It's like this. So, like you said, well, you, they open up the book, they're trying to read the book, but they're not using it to control their mind. They're not purposely sending it. Like when we eat, when we eat food, we can't on purpose. We don't, yeah, you know, on purpose. You know, some people do, really say generally. We can't on purpose, like, make the carrots go and make our eyes strong. You know, we can't on purpose take the broccoli and say, this is going to help, you know, with my circulation. We, you know, we don't purpose do that. 
but with the stuff we take in through our ear gate and our eye gate, we can control the funneling of it and how it works, where it goes. Uh, is it the right solution to the right problem? You know, and I, the most powerful thing I think you said is, and what people got to really deal with because it, it begins with you got to tell yourself you got a problem. Because most people just think oh, I just ain't got enough money. No, I ain't because you ain't got enough money, or I just ain't got enough time. No, you got a brain problem. You got a brain problem. If you cannot, if you see something that you want or you want to do, and you know it's possible to do it, but you can't do it, you got a brain problem. Because you can do it. So something wrong with you and your brain. It ain't that the obstacle is too big, too far away. So you got to admit the first problem is, man, something wrong with my thinking, man. I got that stinking thinking. If I change my thinking, I can go get that thing. And that's how everything right. works. Right. What the argument right. about? Just do it. Once you know you're doing the problem when you change your thinking, it's just like getting off crack cocaine. Now you got the shakes, you got the wobbles, you got the, you you know, you don't feel like, that's like coming to a meeting at everybody's pot. I know to me, the strangest thing I used to really, when I first got started in our business type, uh, I went to a meeting. There's a bunch of people there. They hugging, they shaking hands, they talking to you, they smiling, and I'm thinking, uh, this is set up here because I had never experienced that. My mind is, my mind is kicking back. Like, wait a minute, this is set up. It's a, this ain't right. This ain't no, 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 no. It kicked back, and so when I eventually got it, understood, I, it was just something I wasn't used to. That that did not give me the adrenaline. What gave me the adrenaline was looking at the side eye with you and thinking you ain't, you know. Something going on with you and thinking something. It wasn't, it wasn't that. And so when you start changing, like like right now, a person says who may be new, Tony, today I'm starting fresh. I'm going to think positive all day. I'm going to talk positive. I'm going to get my affirmations and start reading it. Your body, your own thinking, the chemicals that you feel every time you go negative is saying to you, uh-uh. You ain't about to get that. You're not going to get that feeling that you had here when you were complaining and bitching and moaning. and You ain't going to get that. And so we'll try that one or two times, and then we just fall back and say, man, I don't know about all that, because you are addicted to that chemical flow that comes when you've been complaining for so long all your life. Man. So you say, well, what do I do? You gotta, you gotta go through that process. What they call that withdrawals? You know how you, you go to check into a rehab for the first week. You having withdrawals. You in there in the corner, shaking and nervous, and you know the stuff trying to get out of you. You're gonna have to go through that phase of withdrawals because you love that, you know. You love that chicken from Popeye's. So now <laughs> you got to stop eating that chicken, that fried chicken you don't want to eat. Man, I can't eat fried chicken. Hey, I can't stop complaining about this. Hey, 
Because when I do it, I feel good. When I don't, I don't feel that good. That's it. That's it, folks. That, there you have it. And if you say, I don't get what y'all just said, please go back and listen to the replay again and again because the way you get it is hearing it over and over and over. That's how you get it, by hearing it over and over and over. So Preacher Man over here blowing my phone up. Let me see what Preacher Man got to say. And we out of here. So Preacher Man says,